ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and I have a very special guest with me today, special in many ways because he's a podcaster and a podcast coach and someone that I look up to in in terms of, you know, um, how to improve my podcast and how to um, how to keep it current in so many ways. So my guest today is Evans Putman. Welcome to the show, Evans. Thank you, Janice. It's great to be here. Great to connect again. Yes, absolutely. And I will just say that Evans is a coach, consultant, and best-selling author who helps individuals and change-making entrepreneurs with big positive messages and missions build profitable, scalable dream client businesses that change lives. That's a whole big thing, but it's so true because I know your focus, Evans, is to um, use podcasting, teach people how to use podcasting to build their revenues, to grow their businesses, to make more money. Right. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but, but I want to backtrack first a little bit and I want to ask you, how did you go from planning golf vacations to a, to (laughs) a business that that was early on in the online world and learning because i mean i was there early on but i think i was a voyeur for many years because that whole world scared the heck out of me and you i think got into conversions and doing things online but you went from doing golf vacations so i got to hear about that yeah yeah that was well it's funny because i actually started my online career even a few years before that as a personal trainer when I was trying to figure out how to make more money and I started getting into this online thing. And back then we had, there was an online program called fitness generator that you could purchase from this guy. And it had little cartoon illustrations because there was no YouTube. We were still doing dial up back then. Right. This was 20 years ago. Um, and so I, from there, what really got me interested in was I watched, I started paying attention to the guy who created that program and how he was marketing it online. And I was like, this is really interesting. It's like my interest moved from sort of being a personal trainer to into the world of online marketing and creating an online business, because I saw the potential of how you could just reach so many people. And that was my goal at the time to get out of the trading, you know, time for money game and start reaching more people. And from there, I started connecting with these people, started learning about online marketing. And that's when I got into um, the golf vacations and created because I started thinking, you know, I live at the coast, the coast in South Carolina, Myrtle Beach. One of the golf meccas is up the road. Hilton Head's down below me. So we have a stretch of golf and I wasn't even playing golf at the time. I'd sort of stopped because it took up too much time. (laughs) But what I really was interested in was I was like, okay, I can create 
these websites, these landing pages, and I learned SEO. This was back when everybody was doing the whole SEO thing, right? Back before Google started getting, figuring out everybody was gaming the system. So we're still talking probably 15, 16 years ago, max, maybe even a little bit before that. But I, I would create these, I worked for, I had a, a company that sold golf vacations and basically I became like a middleman for them with my websites. People would, I would write information. I would drive up and down the coast, give myself a reason to drive, take pictures of golf courses, get, I would write about the local restaurants, but I would create these websites where people could come, they could book a golf vacation through my site and I would get a commission check. Oh, and I thought it was the coolest thing in the world, right? Just to like, I'm sitting at home in my pajamas and then I go check the mail and there's a check for like 700, $800. And this yeah. was back when they actually mailed you the check, right? Still, so. <laughs> I'm a total early adopter in so many ways. So you had a vision yeah. then too. Um, I would say that you would have to be techie to have started like you know were you were you an engineer type a left brain thinker no you were no, not at all i'm more creative I, I actually have a degree in writing um in english so okay. i found the easiest way possible to do it and it was through a company it's the same thing i do now right like i find that i don't want to learn that stuff i just want to find something that's easy that's template based that can be done quickly and easily and then i hire it out if i need to um, and get other people to help with that. So at that time I was learning, I was using a company called site build it, which was big back in the day. And, um, it was very easy. It was just very simplistic, almost like writing a blog, but they, it was very, they were very smart about teaching you how to do SEO so that you ranked high in the search rankings. Ah, right. So yeah. that was where it was nice to learn that. And it was nice to, to do these things because I learned and I was able to use my writing background to write the copy. So from there, I actually moved away from the golf vacations and started moving into freelancing and writing copy and marketing copy and sales copy for business owners online. So that was sort of like my next transition yes. before I got to where I am now. Um, but I, you know, it was just, I took, took everything I learned and each time I built a little bit more and more on it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I remember, uh, I don't know, if, uh, what was his name? There was a guy out of San Francisco. Um, he wasn't, I remember getting his, his stuff. It was like in a big binder, but <laughs> I found it fascinating. And now his name's escaping. Um, he was an early teacher, uh, trainer of, you know, how to write on the internet. And I remember him, you might remember if, if you, if you were around then, gosh, his name's just escaped me. But I learned from him that when you write copy and I don't, I'm not very good at writing copy, but what it did, it also translated into writing emails to people was that you do the 24 W's. Do you know that hmm, term? I do not. Alex no, I don't Mandosian, know that. That's his name. Do you remember him? Alex Mandosian? And I don't recognize yeah. it. Okay. No, so. okay. East coast, West coast probably made some difference. In that. <laughs> Maybe anyway, um, he, if you did the letter W on your keyboard 24 times, that's the width that your text should be. And so you see a lot of people ah. still today who do that in text. And I still do it in my emails because if people have to go too far along all the way to the end, it's too much to read. They can't see it within the, 
their site. And so that is, were, that's interesting because I know you're right. So many people still, I still try to write emails, like just short little yes, scannable bits and pieces. So it probably all came down from that initial exactly. strategy. Yeah. So things like that, I remember from the, the good old days, so to speak. So <laughs> right. um, now you, um, you then got to, um, I, I tell me a little bit about how you got involved with Russell Brunson because Russell Brunson, the owner of ClickFunnels, right? And I think that you, um, from what I understand, you, uh, you taught or learned how to, um, um, how to do the high ticket coaching programs. And you, you, it was something that you were working with a realtor, uh, real estate based person, correct? Tell me that story because it was fascinating yeah. from my well, That's head. how I got in. That's how I got into podcasts. That's right. So that sort of, that was the one that what happened was at the time, you know, I was talking about doing the, the marketing and writing strategy. Right. And I was, I was doing that more of like a freelance consultant. Right. Um, and I soon discovered that I had a real estate license. Yes at the time because right. I was doing some investing. So my friend convinced me to get a real estate license. So I was like, you know what? Maybe if I just speak to real estate agents and help them with their online marketing, I can charge more because sure. I can speak the same language. And it worked, right? It was like almost every person I spoke to was like, we want to hire you because everybody we right. else we've talked to has no background in real estate. Yeah. So I that's how that worked out. But what happened was, is that I won't go into the whole story, but there became a point where I lost a lot of clients and one big fatal swoop, right? When my wife came home from, she was, she was like, okay, now you can come home. And we had a young daughter. So she left her job. And all of a sudden I get hit by this major, you know, um, obstacle. that's like, Hey, by the way, now we're going to take away all your income too. <laughs> and, uh, so I went out the next, I gave myself a day to just sort of wallow in self-pity. And then was like, you know what? It's my fault. I didn't keep my pipeline filled with leads. I didn't keep a lot of open relationships and communications going on. Right. So it was a big lesson learned, but it was perfect timing. You and I talked a little bit about timing before we jumped on, but it was perfect timing. Right. Because I found this real estate agent who was looking for somebody to help with this podcast. And at the time, what he was looking for was lower, a lower skilled position than what I would have ever taken, sure. but something kept pulling me back to that post. So I reached out to him, discovered we lived in the same like area, which that had never happened before. My clients were from all over the world because we were doing this online thing. Right. Um, so we you're met, we started talking. Time. You were way ahead of your time. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he had a real estate podcast. It's called Real Estate Rockstars with Pat Hyben. Uh, it's still actually out there, but I came in and he was, he was struggling. He was like, I need some, we're not growing. Well, this was what I found out when we met in person. I started digging a little deeper yeah. um, because we connected. There was like a really good connection between the two of us. I found out that he was one, he wasn't able to grow the podcast it was struggling to grow Two, he had this idea in his mind of creating online sales training, but wasn't sure how to bring that to fruition and then how to sell it through the podcast. And there were some other things. So I was like, give me the weekend. I'm going to go home and I'll map out your whole strategy. Let's get back together and talk. 
So what went from being a job posting on how to write show notes from a podcast uh -huh. later blossomed into a full blown business partnership. Wow. You know, first we were, we worked together for a while, then we became partners when I actually went to him and I said, you know what, if we're going to really take this thing to the next level, why don't we bring me on? We'll do some profit sharing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but we grew that successfully. And here's the key thing too, that I knew nothing about podcasts at the time. I was the guy behind the marketing strategy, growth strategy, monetization strategy. So I went back to what I did know. Right. And that was content marketing. And what I realized was that most podcasters were putting their podcast out and almost hoping that people would show up, hoping they could figure out how to game the system and get higher in the charts in Apple. And even if you do the next week, you might be, you know, disappear off a cliff. So I started using a content marketing strategy that was very proactive that went out to where our ideal listener would be hanging out online. And we put that in place all 100% organic. And within 12 months, we had grown to from basically about two to 3000 listeners a month to averaging 150,000 listeners every month. So were you putting these uh, pieces like blog posts and, and this kind of thing on the different social media platforms? Or like we were what? doing it and not it necessarily on social media yeah. because social media would disappear, right? It, right? it comes up and then it disappears. We did use social media, but what we found the best tool was to figure out, okay, where do real estate agents hang out? Right. And we went and identified four or five locations. One of them was LinkedIn. One was we started using medium.com, the blogging yes. site before, right when it first started it was in the early adoption period um but we would do that right we would write content and put the blog put the actual here's what we did that was different i'll give everybody a big tip instead of putting a link in the content we actually put the embeddable podcast player in the content so it gave people the opportunity to just push a button and we had a specific way that we formulated it, things I'd learned through the years on how to formulate the content to get people drawn directly to that podcast player. And they could push play and start listening right then. But the important thing to remember is, Janice, is that the, um, as we both know, podcasts are evergreen. They stay out there forever. This content also became evergreen. So the more we put it out there, we were just building a wider and wider and wider net so that once we started growing really quickly, I mean, within the first three months, we got to 75,000 monthly listeners. And then it just took off after that. Um, and we kept looking at the numbers. We hit the 1 million mark at some point. I can't remember when, but then I remember it was like we blinked our eyes and we were at two and a half million listeners. <laughs> but it was because all of those all of those assets were out there yes. and they weren't going away where so many people were, if they were being proactive, they were doing, like you mentioned, just doing a few social media posts, but it disappears. So we focused on that instead. And then we brought in, once we started growing, we brought in the piece of the puzzle on how to capture leads mm -hmm. out of that and push them directly into like a, what we called a podcast sales funnel. Right. Push them directly into that to sell our courses and our high ticket programs. And that's 
that piece goes back to what you asked me earlier. That's where I got into Russell Brunson's um, high ticket coaching program. And that's where we started putting the pieces together on how to monetize. And once we did that, the first 12 months, we grew to half a million in sales organically just in that first 12 months. So do you think realistically that you can take a podcast today to in a, in a year to those heights, because there's so many, there's over 2 million podcasts out there now. Right. So, I mean, that was earlier on, you didn't have as much competition. Do you think that's still possible before we even get to the, be able to, you got to have the numbers to be then be able to offer them, um, the, the products, right. Because, um, it's a percentage, always a percentage of, of people. Right. Yeah. So do you think that's yes still and no, okay. <laughs> yes and no to answer that because, well, first of all, yes, I still think you could grow probably even faster because there's so many ways that you can use paid um, promotion to grow your podcast now that weren't available back then. So many new technologies and we still do it organically, but here's the thing that I have to tell everybody was one, and yes, we did this with very few people, but it was work. Yeah, of right. Course. You have to, I tell people, it's like, you have to, this is where the funniest thing is when podcasting entrepreneurs come to me and I help build out a strategy for them. They have no problem with the lead part, the sales part. What they struggle with is like the organic growth part, because it takes, it takes a little bit of effort and a little bit of work, mm -hmm. but it's the snowball effect, like anything else. Right. It's like, it's a little bit harder at first, but then it just becomes easier because if you think about it, once you get all those assets out there, you do not have to keep pushing as much because now there's more ways for people to find you. And the key is, is because yes, there are a lot of other podcasts out there, but we were speaking to one dream client, right? And we found out exactly where that person was and went and got directly in front of them. So that's the key, right? To just find, we call it the power of one now, finding that one dream client that you want to work with mm -hmm. and then speaking to them through your podcast. Um, but then to go back to your other part of your question, if you are selling something that is a lower ticket product, yes, you need to have bigger numbers because it makes sense, right? You have to have more people coming in the front door right. to buy that lower ticket product. But what we work with now is we teach people how to do high ticket sales right, through right. their podcast. And that is, it's great because you can start, and I'm not talking about selling. A lot of people teach selling to the guests, but I'm talking to like selling one to many, right? Actually selling to your ideal dream client through your podcast. So you can launch a podcast and quickly start getting high ticket sales using the methods that we teach now. So you don't really have to, when I tell people, a lot of times I tell them, I'm like 150,000 average monthly listeners, but don't, don't put that out there as like, I'm a failure if I don't get to this certain amount, or it's going to take me forever to get to this certain amount, because I've seen people with as little as a hundred monthly listeners. I actually had one client message me. She had just launched her podcast and she had a $3,000 sale like within the first couple of weeks and was just blown away. And I was like, this is just the beginning. First of all, let's raise the prices. And then second of all, we'll get some more people coming in. But obviously what you're doing works. You've already got proof of concept, right? Because it worked. So that's really, 
that's really the key now, I think, is to focus on selling high ticket and not worrying as much about the lower, you know, start with, we teach people now start with the high ticket and then go lower. Because if you think about it, it's much easier if you have a boulder yeah. and you're at the top of a mountain, right? And you can push it and watch it roll down rather than having to start at the bottom and roll it to the top. Yeah, that's a good um, point. And we so, learned the hard way. So we actually started from the bottom and tried to go to the top. And now I'm like, no, no, no. It's much easier if we start up here. And then we expand our audience as you start to bring money into your business and you have the money and the, the, the revenue to spend on other assets, then you can start selling the lower ticket price items to your podcast. So you have a, you created the infinite impact method podcast sales machine blueprint, right? That's part that's, and you teach, uh, you have a masterclass that you teach and create or um, give people the, the outline of what you do so they can come and work with you guys, with you and Michelle, I'm thinking, right? You and Michelle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Me and Michelle Abraham, who, um, you know, has an amazing agency. So we're sort of, we're known in our world as she's the optimizer, the podcast optimizer. I'm the podcast monetizer. So Love it. um, it's a strategic partnership and a collaboration, which is something that I've really learned through podcasting, because as you know, yes. podcasters love to network. They love, yes. love to collaborate. And that brought us together, mm -hmm. um, Michelle and I. But yes, we have the podcast sales machine live masterclass where we teach our specific method for selling high ticket on autopilot through a podcast as, as my former client called it, he's like he actually said this and i love it he's like they turned my podcast into a virtual atm where i just had to sit back record my episodes and i had revenue and sales coming through you know 24 7. so and this intrigues me as a podcaster of course that i would love to have that happen but here's a couple of questions or a couple of things so um you know, when you think, when I think of people monetizing their podcasts today, I think of some, someone like Lewis Howes, who has like 14 um, uh, ads that he does before you actually get to the <laughs> podcast, which drives me crazy. I want to get to six minutes in before, you know, before it even starts. Um, um, and, and throughout, and then people who stop it in the middle and do an ad in the middle and so on. So, is that part of your method or is it different? Yeah, we do not teach people how to do sponsorships and ads because okay, we work with, different. yeah, we mostly work with podcasting. Well, I would probably say 99.9%, .9%, if not 100% of the people we work with are by nature entrepreneurs. They own their own business. Um, they're an expert, a coach, a consultant. So for them, it makes more sense to sell their own products and services out of their podcast to yes. first and foremost, this is something I learned from Russell Brunson that I took to heart and it actually helped us grow our business was to not skip over that step in the middle and forget about capturing the lead, right? So we focus on, we, in part of our system, we teach podcasters like, Hey, we have to create an irresistible opt-in offer it's unlike what other people are doing that's focused more on the relationship over the transaction that brings people and gets them on your email list or your text list, whatever. If you want to, if you want to, I mean, it's even better if you can turn it into a text list, a Facebook messenger list and an email list. But the point is, is to get them on that list 
then, and I'm sure you'll like this, build a relationship mm -hmm. with them and continue to nurture that relationship. And we actually call it the reciprocity selling system because what we discovered by doing this, we quit selling and our sales numbers went up because we focused on the relationship and people came to us. It, we were at live events and people would come up to us in person, walk over to my, my partner, Pat, because they recognized him from the cover art. And they're like, hey, I heard about this new thing y'all have coming out. I've got my credit card. Can I buy it from you now? And you're just like, okay, something we're doing is working. So when we quit doing, we tried those things that you mentioned, right? Where we, we created our own ads for our own products even, but we felt like there was so much push energy yes. that we were actually pushing people away instead of bringing them towards us. So that's when we decided one day, we we're like, you know what? We're just going to quit selling. We're going to stop selling and, and do this, go the opposite of what people are doing and try something different that felt right to us. And it worked. And by the time I ended up leaving to go out and share this with other people like yourself and the people that I work with, but Pat continued to run the business for at least another, I guess, six to eight months. But the system we put in place, he actually went from having a team to, I think, having an editor, podcast editor, and a VA. And he said that nothing ever changed. Their revenue kept growing every month. The listenership stayed at like 150 to 190,000 every month. So the system proved that it could function even without a big team. And he could just sit back and record his episodes. And then eventually he sold. We, we went from having a, just a failing podcast that was doing nothing but about to get shelled because it wasn't growing, didn't have a sales method, anything to becoming a sellable business wow. that he actually sold in an auction um, atmosphere where he had multiple bidders coming in wanting to buy this thing that we had built. And so it, it eventually went well over seven figures from, you know, and never once did we ever dive into the paid strategies. Not that we were against it. We just hadn't gotten there yet. So well, that, that's the thing that's amazing about it. It was 100% organic. I love that. And, and my, you know, my antennas go up when you talked about relationship building and, and you shared something with me before we came on line today about um, something that came to you in the middle of the night. And I want to read it. And then I want to ask you a couple of questions. You, it was a quote that came to you and you said, you accelerate your revenue by accelerating your relationships. And you don't know why or how that, except that you knew you were coming to talk to me today, right? So right. I think about that in relation to, um, uh, no pun intended, in relation to podcasting in, in two ways. One, you've already talked about, you know, building relationships with your listeners and, you know, drawing them in organically and through your, your uh, methods of um uh, attracting them to sign up for this or that or the other. And my podcast is primarily, although our mutual friend, Michelle keeps talking to me about, I need to do solo episodes more often because I don't, but, um, it's primarily, uh, interviews and I love talking to people. I love interviewing people, but what I think I was missing that I need to look at and tell me if I'm off base here, but for a different reason, maybe than the revenue, I don't know, is I need to build those relationships with my 
interviewer ease, my interviewees, the people I've interviewed, I need to keep those nurtured as well. Tell me what your thoughts are about that. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And what we discovered, I know a lot of people teach a method of, you know, like some business owners, they have a podcast where they bring people on and then they try to sell them their services to the guest, right? Um, which if you do it natural and if it's something part of your business model, that's great. But what we discovered was actually working, not selling to your guests, but selling with your guests. Because we actually had multiple times where we had JV opportunities come up that were a perfect fit for both host and guest. And we put together um, sales offerings and then went to one audience and promoted it and then came back to the other audience and promoted it. And it was a win, 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 mm -hmm. I guess, win, 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 because every, both audiences and both entrepreneurs won. So it's definitely important and it's an important part of the process. Um, but what we do teach going back to, and I'm glad to hear Michelle was talking to you about that because we do <laughs> teach to the entrepreneur, what we would like to see them do is do solo episodes to build that relationship with their listener. Yes. Right. Because we don't want to discount the guests as well. So we always say, you know what, bring in the guests too, but let's almost keep it like that 80, 20, 70, 30 rule yes. where it's mostly you establishing yourself as the go-to expert in your field that people know, like, and trust. So they take the next step to come work with you but mm -hmm. also bring on guests. And one thing that we teach a lot too, that's very important for those of you listening to have podcasts, or if you're thinking about growing your business to a podcast, this is very smart. With our high ticket um, clients, we have a program called Seven Figure Podcaster. We teach them, bring in somebody that you've worked with before that's had a big success mm -hmm. and interview them on your show. Let them tell their story. Let them share how it is to work with you. Mm -hmm. And that can sort of knock over two birds, right? Where it's like, yeah. you're still, the, you're still the expert, but you're also bringing on a guest. So you create that dynamic too. Um, but then there, there are very, it's very smart to go out, especially to go on other shows with audiences that are podcasts that have audiences that complement yours to bring people over into your world. Mm -hmm. And then to have that mutual exchange, like, Oh, you've got a show. Great. Well, I've got one too. I think we'd both be a great fit. And then, you know, as, as you're great at, I've, I haven't experienced this yet, but I've always heard people say, you know, Janice is great at like follow up and keeping the relationship going, but it's really smart right at the end to ask that person if they come on your show or you go on theirs, like, Hey, I'm looking to be on more shows or I'm looking for more amazing guests. Do you know anybody? And just mm -hmm. keeping those connections. Cause I think that's really one of the most important things that we focus on is not just the monetization of the podcast, but connections and collaborations, because that's where you start to truly scale your business to a new level. Yeah, and I think that is amazing, and that's really good information. Um, I don't know if you even know this, but you introduced me to one person, and that was someone, I don't know that you've actually met him either, you may have, but he's in England, his name is Talal, Talal, mm, yes. and you introduced me to him, and we had, and he is, you know, a 
such a likable guy and such a from the heart building relationship type of guy. He's a networking specialist. But what mm -hmm. you maybe don't know is how many people he's introduced me to that have been now on my podcast who are, you know, pretty amazing people. And it's still happening. He just introduced <laughs> me to other people the other day. So and he's been on my podcast. I, I've interviewed um, Dory Clark out of New York. She just wrote an, an amazing book, her third book called The Longest Game. She's huge in the, that area uh, of the world and in coaching and she teaches at Harvard and she's like, she's amazing. And another fellow, Michael Roderick, who's been on my um, podcast as well, also from New York, very interesting um, cerebral kind of guy i really like him he's also very creative anyway it's like you never know these relationships that build relationships now what i probably haven't thought about as much that i will now is about um collaborating with some of these people because i think that is really cool so mm -hmm. um we're coming to a close i like to ask you one uh question two-part question it's my favorite thing to ask and and it's it's that I am a very curious person and curiosity is my favorite word. And I want to know two things. One, what are you curious about right now in your world? And secondly, do you think curiosity is innate or learned? Okay, I'll start with the first one because the second one really sort of hit me. I'm like thinking, oh, I know that the answer to that one, I think is the right answer, it's but right answer. Um, in my mind, at least, but I'll start with the first, the first part, right? When it, well, what was the first part? <laughs> the first part was, what are you most curious about in your world right now? It doesn't have to be work-related. It's just what is, you know? Making. Yeah. Well, it, well, it actually, well, there's multiple levels, but I'll tell you, I think the reason why I'll go back to that, what I shared with you that happened at like three 30 in the morning about yes, the accelerating yes. your revenue through accelerating relationships. The reason I, that wasn't by chance. I know for one, I was coming on this show. So that was probably in my mind and like thinking, you know, what kind of value can I share knowing that this is a relationship podcast, right? right. Business relationships, but also we've been doing a lot in our business because I've been involved in a, in a speaker program. And so I've been learning some different techniques and we've been teaching these to our podcasters because what really has gotten me curious is the transformation that you can help your listeners go through with a podcast. So we've started to put together a specific strategy with how to formulate your content in a way that helps that person, your listener, become who they need to be to do the thing they want to do that you offer them, okay. right? So in essence, what we're teaching people how to do is to take their listeners, no longer attracting your dream clients, but actually creating mm. your dream clients through a transformative process through the podcast. And then we also teach how to move from podcast to a pop-up event where you get to spend more time with them building that relationship over a short period of time to continue that transformative process. So that's where the whole accelerate relationships, I believe came from, because I've, I was reading a book called oversubscribed, which is an amazing book. I can't remember who wrote it. Um, I've got it over here. I'll look real quick. Okay. 
Daniel Priestley, I believe he's Canadian, oh. um, but it's called Oversubscribed. And he talks in there about how to build the relationship from prospect to client, to build that trust, you have to have, I think it's like seven hours or 11 hours or whatever. So I, we started thinking, how can we accelerate that relationship to make it happen faster, to mm -hmm. shorten the sales cycle? So that's the, that's really a curious, but the cur most curious part of that whole thing for me has been the transformative process, right? Of seeing people like in these master classes that we're doing, when I share my story mm -hmm. and we get really personal about some of the things that I went through and how I got here. Mm -hmm. um, but to see like their eyes light up and you can see the light bulbs going on and you can see them transforming before your very eyes into the person that they want to be to, you know, have the courage to go out and launch their podcast or to do this. And we've had so many of them tell us that, you know, after going through this process, I now feel like I can share. I've always had this story, this message, this mission, this calling, and now I have the courage to go out and do it. And I'm like, okay, this is like so amazing. So that's really where I've been in the curious zone around transformation lately um, and how you can use your words because I see speakers doing it, right? Speakers are great at this. Pastors, speakers, experts, when they're on stage, you watch the, the, the ones that are masters at their craft, you watch how they do things. And I'm thinking, why can we not bring that into the podcast world? Because it is just a different method of connecting, right? Yeah, um, it's still storytelling if, in a sense, if, if it is. a solo uh, episode, for example, right? Yeah. It is. Yes. Like we actually have, we actually, I talked for the very first time to our seven figure podcasters last week, something that I put together that was a five episode, basically a story arc through five episodes to help, help your listener become who they need to be to do the thing they want to do. Right. It was to build belief and overcome obstacles and just change beliefs through story. Wow. Um, so that's one thing. And I, I guess the second part, if it's innate or learned, I think it's, I think it's in us when we're born and then relearned if we wish to, when we're older. Yeah, that's a good because, answer. Because, you know, I think, cause I was thinking, cause my daughter, like while we speak, she's actually above me and I'm thinking, okay, I see. And I remember being around her when she was younger, I was lucky enough to be home, right. <laughs> to help. And the curious, her curiosity infected me to where it was like my being an only child myself, my imagination started coming back and things. Sure. And I think being around her sparked my decision to get more curious about new things and to grow and expand. And I've noticed, and it's funny that you bring this up because another thing that I posted the other day that just came to me was, um, actually, no, I heard this, this is, I have to I have to correct myself. I heard this from Reverend Michael Beckwith. Oh, um, he said, what he, he said, um, there is no comfort when you're in your comfort zone. <laughs> right? That's like a so, <laughs> there is. So you must, you know, like when we're stuck, when we're in our comfort zone, we're stuck in this yes. way of living and we start to feel constraint and feel like we're not growing and expanding. So we have to bring curiosity in. And then have the courage to step out of the comfort zone and follow that curiosity. So um, it's a great question. We could just talk about this for like the next hour. And that's a great <laughs> answer. 
and maybe you'll have to come back and we'll go further. So I appreciate that because that's a, that's a really good answer, actually. And what you just uh, shared about watching your daughter when she was little, um, I'm experiencing that now with my little two-year-old granddaughter and to see, you know, their world is just where they are at that moment. And to mm. see the curiosity that she has is doing the same for me. And it, it, it's been a long time and it's just so precious and I love every minute of it. So, yeah, so thank awesome. you so much for being on the podcast. I so appreciate it. I hope that my listeners have taken some of these amazing nuggets to heart and either will or either we'll start a podcast or um, we'll um, think about working with you to improve their podcast. And where can they find you? They can find you at podcastsalesmachine.com. Yes. Yeah. I would say that's the best place if they want to come because they get to come hang out with me for like four hours yeah. and, um, and learn and connect with other amazing entrepreneurs. So I would say, yeah, definitely go to, to www.podcastsalesmachine.com. Dot com and, and you come also join us on LinkedIn, right? Yes, you can find me on LinkedIn and you can also find me on Facebook. Um, it's Evans, E-V-A-N-S-P-U-T-M-A-N. So and I will put that in the show notes. So we're all good. Definitely. And thank you so much again for being my guest today. And thank you to my audience for listening. If you like what you heard, please let us know by leaving a review and remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.